Good morning. I'm sure all of you are aware at this point, but today is Mother's Day. So, happy Mother's Day. I would like to take this opportunity for all of the kids out there, in case you missed it, you can turn to your mom and tell her, Happy Mother's Day. Have you ever thought why we celebrate Mother's Day? Not just why it's a holiday in the United States or what that particular history was, but why we as a church, why as we as Christians celebrate Mother's Day. I'm sure each one of us could provide some reasons, but the reason I want to focus on today is that we are a forgetful people. We need to be reminded. One of the main reasons for holidays that God gave in the Old Testament to his people was to set a yearly annual reminder for them. Think of the Passover. It was a reminder every year of how God saved his people. In the same way, we have Mother's Day to be continually reminded to honor our mothers. The purpose of this sermon is to remind each and every one of us the fundamental command of honoring our mothers. When I was first asked to give the Mother's Day sermon, I immediately started thinking how I could make my sermon unique or special. After all, I'm sure we have all heard Mother's Day sermons. But the more I studied, the more I was convicted. Being reminded again and again of the fundamental truths of the Scriptures is not a wasted effort. So this is not a new sermon. This is not a new commandment. This is not a new way to think. This is a call to remember what God has commanded from the beginning. The next challenge I had while preparing for this sermon was trying to decide between studying what honoring your mother means and a sermon that encourages and honors the mothers. So, this morning my sermon will have two halves. In the first half, we will look at what it means to honor your mother. And in the second half, we will take what we have learned and we will spend time honoring and encouraging the mothers among us. Please bow with me in a word of prayer as we begin. Oh, Lord God, King of the universe, we come before you today in fear and trembling. We read this morning of how you descended on the mountain and the people were terrified to draw near. Lord, give us a fear of you today as we come before you to worship. Lord, please use my words today to encourage your people, 
to remind them of your truth. Lord, please protect me from error. Protect me from speaking deceit. Lord, let your words pour forth. Be strong and powerful and mighty. Lord, give us hearts to understand and eyes that see your truth. Lord, grant us grace. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our text for today is from the retelling of the law in Deuteronomy. Chapter 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. As we study this verse, I want to remind ourselves of the answer to two questions. Why do we honor our mothers? And then to follow that up, how do we honor our mothers? So why do we honor? Well, the short answer is the Lord commanded it. The first reason given in this verse to honor your mother is that the Lord, your God, commanded it. The word command is strong. It is not merely a suggestion or a general guidance, but a command is a charge, an order, an authoritative direction. But even the strongest command falls short, is useless, unless there is authority behind it. This command comes from God, who has all authority and all power. But even more than that, He is the Lord your God. God is your King, regardless of whether you recognize Him or not. As Romans 1 states, everyone is without excuse. The Lord reigns over all the earth, and His dominion includes all peoples. The Lord your God has commanded you. But this statement can also be taken on a more personal note for those who are in Christ. He is the Lord, but He is also your God. Just as He told the Israelites, I will be your God and you will be my people. The people of Israel have just come out of the land of Egypt and are about to enter the land of Canaan. The Egyptians, they had their gods. And the Canaanites, they will have their gods. But the Lord, the Lord is the God of the Israelites. He is their God. He was the one who brought them salvation from the Egyptians and will continue to deliver them from all of the perils in the land of Canaan. And he is the Lord, your God, who loved you so much to send Christ to die on that tree, bringing you salvation out of the land of despair and darkness. In addition to the command of God, there are two promises associated with this command. 
that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. What do these promises mean? And how do they apply to us? You might even ask if these Old Testament promises are really relevant to us today, living in the time of the New Testament after Christ. After all, it's not like we are waiting to cross over the Jordan into a promised land. Well, the Apostle Paul certainly thought it still applied to us, for he specifically mentions these promises in his letter to the Ephesians. And as a side note, the Ephesians, they were a Gentile people just like us. In Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So what do these promises mean? Are they somehow lessened with the coming of Christ? No, absolutely not. Rather, they are amplified through Christ. He is the yes and amen to all of God's promises. The author of Hebrews shows us that even while the old covenant was in place, a better one was expected. Furthermore, Christ is the mediator to that better covenant. In Hebrews 11, we read that the heroes of the faith were not satisfied with merely a physical plot of land. But they were longing for a better country, a spiritual one. Listen to Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the, that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Now, at this point, I want to be careful. These promises have both a physical and a spiritual fulfillment. It is all too easy to emphasize one without the other. On the one hand, the temptation is to recognize the physical while minimizing the spiritual. This way of thinking almost sees the spiritual blessings as pretend blessings or almost blessings or blessings that are not quite real. But, on the other hand, the temptation is to focus so much on the spiritual as to ignore the physical. But, in fact, the reality is so much greater. These promises are fulfilled in both realms. The physical blessings in this life right now are real and to be desired. But as great as they are, they are just a shadow of the very real spiritual blessings we receive both now 
and in the future. At this point, I could talk about the statistics and the average incomes and the quality of life of all of the people that have good relationships with their mother. But however, before we get distracted in trying to figure out how old or how prosperous these verses promise to make us, let us take a step back. The Lord, the God who dwells in unapproachable light, whose name is Holy. The God who came down on the mountain in fire and lightning and caused the earth to shake. The Lord, your God, has promised to make it go well with you if you honor your mother. Now, if I told you that I would take care of all of you, that I would make you comfortable the rest of your lives, none of you would quit your job. The flat fact of the matter is I cannot promise to give what I do not have. Now, maybe if Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk made that promise, he would be able to fulfill it. They have the riches to give from. But let's turn our attention to what the Lord, our God, has to give to make our lives well. He is the God of peace and comfort. He is the God who said, take my yoke upon you and you will find rest. He is the God of every good gift. He is the author of life and to know him is life abundant. He is the God of true joy and happiness. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is his and its fullness thereof. He is the God of truth and justice, of wisdom and knowledge. He controls the times and the seasons. He appoints the kings and the rulers. He upholds all things by the word of his power. This God has promised to make it go well with you. Do you think he can deliver on that promise? Again, the Apostle Paul certainly thought he could. Listens to Philippians 3.7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Or do you remember the parable of the treasure in the field? The kingdom of God is like a treasure of immense value that a man stumbles upon while walking in a field. What does he do? He goes and gladly sells everything he has in order to be able to buy that land with the treasure. Do you truly believe that God can make it go well with you? Oh, that we would have the eyes of faith to see the surpassing worth 
of knowing Christ. So far, we have seen two reasons for honoring our mothers. The Lord our God commanded it, and there is a promise of blessing if we obey. I want to look at one more reason this morning, another type of promise, a promise of a curse if we dishonor our mothers. The command to honor your mother should not be taken lightly. Not only is this a command from the Lord your God, not only is this command one of only ten that God gave His people on the mountain, not only is this command rewarded with life and well-being, but this command also has severe consequences or curses if we fail to heed it. In the 27th chapter of Deuteronomy, we read, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. In the Old Testament, the sin of dishonoring a mother carried the death penalty for the nation of Israel. In Exodus 21, 15, and 17, we read, Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. And whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. It goes on in Deuteronomy 21 to say, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother... And though they discipline him, will not listen to them. Then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city, at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This, our son, is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now, while these Old Testament laws were given specifically to the nation of Israel, the God who gave them does not change. If he hates the sin of dishonoring your mother so much as to instruct the Israelites to purge the evil from among their midst, he still hates it today. This can be clearly seen in Romans 1. Here Paul lists the unrighteousness that deserves judgment. The list includes murderers, haters of God, inventors of evil, and those who are disobedient to parents. Romans 1, 28-32 And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, 
haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. By dishonoring your mother, not only do you forfeit the blessings that we just discussed, but you also bring a curse and bitterness down on your head. And just as we looked at the ability of God to give promise and blessing and joy, He also has the authority and power and justice to bring curses and judgment. But there is even hope for a sin as severe as dishonoring your mother. In Galatians, we read that Christ became a curse for us. So that in our stead, He might bear that curse that we deserve. And that we, in His stead, might receive the blessing. Galatians three thirteen and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. At this point, we have seen why we should honor our mothers. The Lord commands it. The Lord promises blessings for those who do it, and He promises curses for those who do not. But now there should be a burning question in your minds. If honoring is so important, how do we honor our mothers? What even is honor? Well, the dictionary tells us that the word honor has ties with the word heavy and weighty. This might sound a little abstract at first, but we still use weight as an analogy for decisions. If you are trying to make a decision, what do you do? You weigh all the options. To honor, then, is to ascribe weight to that thing or person. Do you... Ascribe weight to your mother's direction, command, counsel, or preferences? Do you consider her direction, command, counsel, or preferences so weighty as to overcome your own desires? The word honor also implies respect and public esteem. It even has ties to the word glorify. You are not only to give your mother weight, but you are to esteem and respect her both privately and in public. That is the definition of the word. But now, let us look and see how the scriptures command us 
to treat and honor our mothers. To honor is to obey. Proverbs 6.20 My son, keep your father's command and forsake not your mother's teaching. And in Ephesians, the verse we have already read, children, obey your parents, which, by the way, includes your mom. In the Lord, for this is right. To honor is to listen. This obviously has a close tie with obedience, for if you truly listen to your mother, you will obey what she says. But Proverbs 1, 8, Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. To honor is to revere. Leviticus 19.3 Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. The word revere means to admire profoundly and respectfully. The dictionary goes on to tell us that revere stresses deference and tenderness of feeling. Do you revere your mother? To honor is to fear the Lord. A wise son or daughter is a joy and a blessing to their mother. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is the fear of the Lord. When you walk in the way of righteousness and do not follow the path of the fool, you bring honor and joy to your mother. Proverbs 10.1 A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is sorrow to his mother. To honor is to not despise. Proverbs 23.22 Listen to the father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. And finally, to honor is to be submissive. Luke 2.51 And he, Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. As we close up the study of what honor means, I want to point out two things. First, Honoring your mother starts in the heart. While there are definitely actions and words involved, they are absolutely empty without the heart. It is impossible to truly honor your mother with outward signs alone. The Lord rebuked the Israelites because they thought that if they said the right things and if they did the right things and performed the sacrifices, that that was enough. But the Lord told them that there is no honor when the heart is far away. Second, in all of our study, there has been no mention of a condition. The commandment does not say, honor your father and your mother if. Not if they are worthy, 
Not if they love you, not if they're kind to you, not even if they are Christians. This command leaves no room for excuse. You are to honor your mother, period. End of story. Now, we have looked this morning at why we should honor and how we should honor. But now I want to shift gears, as I mentioned earlier, and spend some time honoring and encouraging the mothers. Please turn with me to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, verse 10, through the end of the chapter. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children Rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. What do we see in this passage? Well, we see a list of the work that an excellent woman does. She gives gain to her husband. She does good and not harm. She works with her hands and is not idle. She feeds her family. She works long hours and sleeps little. She is wise in all she does. She is strong and capable. She has a prosperous side business. She is charitable and helps those in need. She provides for her family so that they are clothed well. She clothes herself 
with beautiful garments. She is wise and teaches kindness. Now, unfortunately, we do not have the time to look at each of these items, but I want to make a few general observations. First, the work of a mother and a wife is strenuous. If you were to count up all the hours this list represents, I think about 30 would be the minimum every day. No wonder her children and husband rise up and call her blessed. Which leads me to the second point. Children and husbands, when was the last time you rose up and blessed and praised your mother or wife? In fact, here is a little homework assignment for you. Today, before you go to bed, think of five specific things your mother does for you and go thank her for them. Third, mothers, the work that you do is honorable. Do not think of it as mundane or ordinary. You are doing praiseworthy work every day. Work that God has laid out for you to do. Look again at this list. I see cleaning a house and making dinner and doing laundry and waking up with the baby in the night and much, much more. Do not fall into the temptation that these things are small and that you wish they were done so that you could get to the really important work or the work that mattered. The work you do is praiseworthy. It is honorable. And now I want to glance through the list one more time. It's a little discouraging, isn't it? I mean, this Proverbs 31 woman, she has it all put together. She has the clean house that looks like it came out of a magazine. She volunteers and serves at all the church functions. Her family eats the best home-cooked meals every day. Her Etsy business is flourishing. Her children can speak fluent Greek and Latin and on and on and on. What happens when your life doesn't look like this? What happens when you feel like you are just getting by? Look at verse 30. What is the one characteristic out of this entire list of excellent works that is specifically called out as praiseworthy? Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It is the fear of the Lord. Out of this entire list of works, many of which are excellent and good, the fear of the Lord is the foundation and the cornerstone. In fact, it says that charm and beauty are deceitful and vain. So do not focus on the charm and the beauty, but rather focus and rest in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord should be the lens that colors everything in life. What is true beauty? What is true charm? What is truly important? 
The answer to these questions and many more can only be found in the fear of the Lord. Now, fearing the Lord does not suddenly decrease your work or give you superhuman efficiency. But rather, fearing the Lord gives you the correct perspective on your work. It is only after you rest in the fear of the Lord that your work has any purpose. As Ecclesiastes teaches, it is all vanity and chasing after the wind if you do not have the fear of the Lord as the foundation. In fact, when we fear God, our work becomes a joy and a gift from God. Mothers, if your work feels empty or vain, or it's like trying to hold oil in your hand, take heart. Christ calls you to take his yoke and find rest. Look to Christ for comfort and strength. Remember that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain for both you and your household and your family. But look to Christ to find true beauty and satisfaction. For the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Again, if all of this sounds too difficult, if it sounds too much to overcome, take heart. Christ delights to be known by his children. He has promised to answer if you knock. He has promised to hear your voice if you cry out. He has promised to be your fortress and your anchor in the storms of life. At the beginning of this message, I said that the purpose of Mother's Day was to help a forgetful people remember. We are to remember the reasons why we are to honor our mothers. The Lord our God commanded it. Our King has given us an order. Will you obey? The Lord promises great blessings if we obey and severe curses if we ignore. Walk in the way of life and do not bring curses down on your head. We are to remember how we are to honor our mothers. Ascribe weight to your mother's desires, and do not treat her lightly. Obey, listen, revere, submit. But most importantly of all, make her glad by being a wise child that walks in the path of righteousness and fears the Lord. We are to remember that the work that mothers do is honorable. The work might not be flashy 
and the world might see it as inconsequential. But the work mothers do is honorable and praiseworthy. And finally, we are to remember that a woman who fears the Lord is greatly to be praised. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord God Almighty, help us remember. Help us to honor our mothers. Give us the strength to obey your commandments. Lord, I pray for all of the mothers in this assembly that you would bless them and encourage them, that you would give them the peace that is above all understanding, that you would give them joy and comfort, that you would give them strength and encouragement. Lord, I pray that you would help the children and the husbands in this assembly to recognize the honorable work their mother or their wife does. And Lord, I pray that we as a people would fear your name. That we would walk in obedience. That we would seek your face day by day. Lord, thank you so much for becoming a curse for us that we might receive your blessing. Lord, we praise you and we honor you as holy. Be with us today as we go about our day. In Jesus' name, amen.